Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. We're interested in what it takes to keep everything going and how to get the job done. This podcast is about working, family, research, and policy. We consider the research, talk to experts, and share our takes on what we're all learning about breadwinning. Each week, I'm joined by Jennifer Owens. She writes about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. Now I'm joined by Raquel Ellison. She's an executive coach and management consultant who works with companies big and small to design workplace policies that work for all employees. Well, so today I'm talking about transitions in my mind. So that means that we're talking about transitions in our collective minds today. So I'm here to tell you that I've decided to give up this glamorous life of podcasting to write repetitive jingles. So <laughs> this is my swan song, song about swans. So every jingle will be like this now, is that I will say the phrase and then I will repeat it like Yoda. So just just letting you know, I think I can, I think I can do really well. I think you're going to be great. I think you're going to be great. Th- thanks for your support. So anyway, so I am in a bit of a transition myself. And so I, whenever like professional stuff changes, I love to read The First 90 Days by Michael Watkins. Yeah. And, and so one of the stats he uh, reminds you of is that every place you work, like a quarter or a third of the workplace is in transition because everyone who changes the job impacts everyone they worked with and anyone they're going to work with. Like it, it changes the dynamic of teams. It changes reporting structures, how things get, I don't know. It, it changes everything. And so his thing is transitions are the one of the most important things any company can focus on and yet no one does. And I, I could report that from, you know, having been thrown into the lion den, you know, like, no, yeah, you're a manager. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> but I love, I love that some of the things he talks about, about making a plan, you know, like who do you need to talk to? Who, who not, not only like about the things you personally need to know, but like if you're joining a new company, who has the history? Who knows like, you know, like kind of the true culture of the place? Who, who you want to get to know? Who's going to be your your advocate? Who's going to be your, you know, your pod wife of your new job? That, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah, he's fantastic. And I mean, I think that's coming in and really understanding, you know, what's the organizational landscape? What are you working with? Like what, Yeah, you know, who really getting to know the people that you're working with? What's the real problem? You know, like he has this one scenario where the woman comes in and she's been hired and she has all these expectations because it's all these case studies. And, you know, you love it's kind of like listing in on a, you know, gossip show or something like that. And one of them is that she comes in and she realizes her predecessor papered over all the problems. But instead of having, and maybe this one resonates with me so much, but instead of saying, hold the phone, Poindexter, now hand the phone to me, she says, I made these, you know, promises. I'm going to get them. We're going to barrel forward. You know, failure is not an option. And when actually maybe what she needed to do was step back and say, hey, now that I see like some of the shortcuts, you know, my predecessor was taking to get to these numbers, they're not sustainable. We need to have a difficult conversation about it. But I'm totally like, you know, the action imperative. I'll get it done. You know, yeah. so it's all good stuff. I, I totally, re- if you're making a change, I totally recommend this book as a nice reminder of steps you might want to think about taking before you rush headlong into something, asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked 
about this before, you know, the stages of transition that everyone goes through, through every transition that, that, you know, have been defined different ways, but, and there are different theorists around this, but William Bridges, who is one of my favorites, who talks about the three phases of, mm. of transition, which is ending and letting go, moving through, and new beginning. And he talks about a couple different things. One, you know, the ending and letting go, I mean, he he identifies both the the challenges and the, you know, the sadness that comes with something like with that letting go oh, yeah. of like, oh, I'm no longer, you know, I'm I'm in this new role. And so I'm not in my old role, whatever that was. I have instance. had that. Oh, my gosh. Have I've you? had that. Yeah. Yeah. Leaving working mother and going to my startup. It took I've it, that was such a surprise to me because I was so excited and everything. And there, there was a. Sitting there like for like a month or so thinking, what am I doing here? You know, like, right. who are these people? I'm the editor for, you know, like, like I, because so much of my identity is always tied up in my work. And, you know, it matters where you, where you are. Like, you know, if I'm at my kid's school, then my identity is being my kid's mom or whatever. If I'm, but a lot of it is like, well, I'm the editor of something. And I wasn't. Right. And who are, what is this startup? And who are these people? And, you know. Everything's different here. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. And I think, I mean, that that is something that whether you want the transition or not, you're going yeah. to experience yes. that loss, right? And that's normal. And one of the things, you know, one of the things that he talks about is that, you know, it's not necessarily linear process, right? You might get, mm. you might go to the moving through and moving through is kind of what, you were just describing about your new role that it can be, it feels really disorienting, right? Like it's like, yeah, God, here's all these. So I'm just going to go do them. And the analogy that I give often are about moving through. And I don't know, you have to tell me, Jo, if you think this is like a corny, metaphor <laughs> not, but I talk about Tetris and what Tetris, you know, the game Tetris. And it's super, I'm aware. <laughs> and some people are like, what? But so the game Tetris, and when you do Tetris, like before the ending and letting go, when you're kind of, when you're pre-transition, you know where the pieces go. So you can move through, you know, the pieces oh. are coming down and you get to the point, you're pretty good at it. Like you can move through the exactly. level and you can keep going. And then what happens when you get into the moving through phase is it's like, you're still playing Tetris, but there's, you're like five levels accelerated ahead and there's all these new pieces and you have to figure out okay i know i know how to do this but like what right. what are all these new pieces and how am i supposed to fit them together and so part of moving through is getting used to that new you know those yep. new pieces and how they how they work and then moving through is i'm sorry moving so that's moving through and then new beginning is obviously like really getting to understand how to do something new. And there's there's actually a theory called the hierarchy of competence. When you mm. start from unconscious incompetence in a new beginning, yeah. and then you go to conscious incompetence. So you know you're doing something wrong, but you, you know, you know <laughs> you're not quite hitting it on the nose. And then you go to conscious competence, which means that you're, you know you're doing it, right? In yeah. the new beginning, you know you're doing it. And then unconscious incompetence, uh, so unconscious competence. So you know. You, you don't even have to think about it anymore. Right. And that's where you want to get to, at least in part. That's Michael Watkins talks about promoting yourself. 
That's right. one of his starting points is that especially if you're a manager who is now managing managers or just any, you know, you had a job in an organization and you're changing within, you have to, and, or, and now you have multiple competencies reporting up to you that you can't just focus on the one that you like. You know, right. like I, I, I'm, I'm a writer, so I, I only, you know, I'm going to be really into my content team, but I'm, uh, the revenue people, I don't really understand how they sell. So I'll just, you know, kind of leave them to their own thing, but you have to promote yourself and visualize yourself in that, you know, what should this role be doing and, uh, getting it. And I think some of that's fueled by it, like, a, you know, your unconscious incompetence, you yeah. know, like, yeah. I don't really know what I'm doing here. So I'm going to focus on the you know, I've bifurcated my levels of competence. Because <laughs> Lord knows. I mean, you know, so when I go into my new role writing jingles that are yeah. highly repetitive, mm-hmm. this is going to be good stuff for me to remember. It so, will be good stuff. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things that one of the authors that I really like when you're thinking about making a work transition. So I've always I've recommended this for years. I actually I found the book in like a Florence, Massachusetts used bookstore. And it's, and I, I could not brag. I could, <laughs> no, no, not I, at all. Okay. But I, I Herminia Ibarra. So Herminia Ibarra, who's a business school professor <laughs> who I highly recommend. She's written a, a whole bunch of HBR, Harvard Business Review articles. And she wrote a book called Working Identity. And did also case studies was about unconventional strategies for reinventing your career. And she talks about in the book, all of these case studies of folks who made some pretty significant yeah. publishing to podcasting to jingle type, <laughs> type transitions. Sounds um, like something I need to read as I go into my new career. Yeah. Writing the jingles, jingles of writing. Yeah. See, this Make is the <laughs> That's our jingle. It, by they're way. going to be highly repetitive. That's going to be my differentiator. <laughs> but it's also going to be sustainable as a business because I'm going to be always repeating the same jingle with different words. So there you I'm go. just learning about the basics of marketing right here. So there you go. There <laughs> That's you our go. next podcast repetitive jingles as a marketing tool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so Herminia would say, I think one of the most important things is she would say crafting. She has a three part kind of model for how people do or what she's observed and how people do these career transitions. One is crafting experiments. I will say before I go into what she talks about, she also, you know, says there's this fallacy that we that we jump into this new career path without kind of dipping a toe in or trying to figure out like psychologically align ourselves with what this new career could mean for us. Yeah. Right. It's like this process of transition, just like Bridges says, just like Michael Watkins says. And so we, you know, we tend to think about career transition as like you hop into this new. Yeah. You know, you change out of the, the doctor's, dress up clothes into the fireman's dress up clothes. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So she talks about, you know, crafting experiments. So when you're trying to think about a new career, like writing jingles, you like 
try to write a jingle, like, like, or think about, you know, contact a company that you might want to write a jingle for. You know what I mean? Can you like, imagine? Try, like, yeah. dear Coca-Cola, I've decided. <laughs> Decided to pursue this new career. And I'm just You curious. are my lucky first reach out. It's, 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 um, I know this is a cold open here, but I'd love to talk to you about some repetitive jingles. Yes. <laughs> It really should come, uh, it should make a comeback. I, yeah, I it really do. should. Yeah. I really think it should. But the next piece is, is shifting connections. So it's like when you're making a career transition, like you can't talk to the same people who are in the publishing world or the podcasting world. You've got to find the jingle people. Right? Yeah, yeah. You've got yeah. to, like, you've got to really push yourself to make connections in a new way. And then the last one is telling your story. Like you have to find a way when you are, shifting those connections and talking to new people and crafting experiments about how to be a jingle writer to say, hey, I'm Jennifer Owens. This is how I went from reporting to publishing to jingle writing. Right, right. And this is why it all connects. Right. Which is not easy. It's not easy to do when you're going into repetitive jingle writing, let me tell you. But <laughs> Mika Brzezinski, she has a very oh, yeah. a good point about that with her own personal story about explaining what happened. Like, like framing her own story because she'd been fired from CBS and then she felt she spent like a year with the word loser written on her forehead. That like every, as she was telling, she, she'd come in and she would talk to people and say, well, you know, I was this big deal and I had get, been given this great opportunity and then it all fell apart. I'm not sure quite why. And mother, you know, like no one cares, right. it's, you know, and some of that comes with time. And also some of it comes with saying your story and then reading the reaction like that's not getting me a good reaction but that it really like come in tell your story practice your story get your story yeah and i think that's that's super important and it's hard to do because it's it that's one of those things where they say you should talk to someone else, like present yourself use your friends to say this is how i'm explaining myself what would you think but i also think about that with like now that you're in the job i maybe you need to do that for your own storytelling too. Yeah. Because all of a sudden you're like explaining yourself to a whole bunch of new people, yeah. especially in remote land and like succinctly being confident, being funny, being whatever you want to be of how you tell who you are. Right. Um, right. To yourself and to others in your new role. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, someone just said to me the other day, like, what are your big stories of the role that you're in? And I think telling your story is something that, you know, we should be doing as breadwinners, as career oriented folks, like figuring out how to keep telling that story. Just, yeah. just a little, you know, just update it. Right. Like you, you can, you don't want to be telling the same like career accomplishments from five years ago. If you want to be able to say, these are my newest, you know, these are my newest exciting things that I've been working on. So. Right. Right, which is hard to do when you when you, you're pre-transition. You know, you've been doing a job for a long time. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever had that experience of like, you, you'll just say, "Yeah, yeah, we do this," or maybe this is just me, but you'll say, "Yeah, yeah, we do this and that," and and a new person will say, "Wow, that's really cool," or that and you're like, yeah. "Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess that is." So you know, like file that away because that's going to help you in your transition. But what do you think about the fact that it can also kind of that's part of that moving through part. Like, 
I did this or I did that. And like, no one knows that I, you know, like I, I have a girlfriend who um, I saw a couple years ago. Uh, she's out in San Francisco and she'd had a big job and now she had a new big job at a big company, new big job. And she said to me, yeah, it takes you, it takes them about two years to really figure out who you are. Yeah. And I like it because she was on TV talking and all of a sudden she'd kind of like gone down and it true to her form. I, you know, she's, she's out speaking because she's got good stuff to say. She is super smart, super personable, also a good looker. It's a nice combination. Hmm. And yeah, sometimes like it's, you kind of want to speed the company through. They hired you because they want you, but then I, they sometimes they got to get used to you to know all your skill sets. I don't, that's, it's, it's weird when you, you, you're moving into a new organization and I don't know. It's like that was her experience was that she was kind of a high flyer and then it took a while for them to fully understand that she could be so forward facing at the new company. Mm. And then they did, you know, like, yeah. yeah, I can handle that. I can take that on. So it, it you don't necessarily bring over 100 percent, you know, but that's the point. You didn't want to replicate the old. There's a reason you took the new role. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's exhausting, by the way. I always feel that um, I used to always say it takes six months to know your job and a year to push it forward. Mm. I have a feeling that's much faster now. That used to be my old saying when people would start new jobs. I did. I mean, has that gotten any faster? Uh, I don't do you know. Think? It, I think it depends so much on the organizational culture, right? And like yeah. how things work, right? You're, you know, if you're in a startup culture, I think that. You know, you have to think about what are the, um, oh, there's an awesome book. Shoot. It's not the startup of you. Reed Hoffman, who wrote, not who wrote, who founded LinkedIn. Um, yeah, yeah. And some other dude. They wrote a book about, <laughs> about. Who didn't <laughs> found LinkedIn? <laughs> who didn't. Yeah, exactly. And it's about kind of the different types of sort of employees and, you know, the folks who are foundational, who kind of come into a startup and, and are in that early building stage and the folks who are coming in kind of like in a rotation, like they're coming in at a certain point in their career to do something for the company. But my point is that they're in the startup landscape, you know, career, like the, the amount of time, the duration of someone's tenure at an, at an organization might be very, very different. So the kind of get up and running phase might be a lot quicker than it would yeah, be. Right. If you're at, oh, you know, yeah. I happen to work at a big old institution and right. you do not get up and going yes. I mean you you do you go do the work but to really get to know everybody you need to know and really understand the organizational dynamics you it's going to take you a while it yeah. does it and does. you need to have that's the reason I used to always say a year to push it forward is that you needed to kind of see a whole calendar of I guess that is a legacy mindset and I've worked in a lot of legacy companies where you need to have gone through all the the big tent poles of the year for that organization to say, okay, now I get it. Now I can really push it forward. And and really that the first six months, I don't know what M Michael Watkins is talking about, you know, getting your feet under you and being able to bring value. There's, he has some stat about it. it takes forever for a new employee to actually have an ROI for hiring you. And he wants to try to speed that up. But yeah. I do think it takes a I used to say it takes six months to like know all those people that you should know or 
exactly how shared services work when you need something fixed or he's probably. And so if you follow him, he's got a learning plan. He's trying to shrink that down to 90 days that you're, you're going. So maybe, yeah. So there was six months without his book. So maybe I'll see if I can do it in three months. You know, there you go. Oh, well, I think, well, shall we give people their time back for for their own transitions? Well, <laughs> we'll say, uh, I would Move love to through. hear people's stories because yeah. it, it's such an interesting point. It's, there's emotion tied into it. There's excitement. There's just yep. being tired because you just got to run so fast to, you know, keep ahead of things and be a good value. So right. uh, tell us all about it. And so thank you for joining us on The Breadwinners. You will find links to what we discussed in the episode description. Email us your transition story at thebreadwinnerspod at gmail.com or visit us at thebreadwinnerspodcast.com. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it. It really helps us grow. And until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.